Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. I hope your new year has started off beautifully. Even though technically life goes on the exact same way, the turn of a relative calendar based on outdated religious doctrine is, you know, doesn't actually change anything about your life. But nonetheless, I hope it's going great so far. So I said last week that I'd start doing fun facts. And they're not going to have anything to do with what I talk about, maybe sometimes a little bit, but it won't be intentional. So for those of you who are fans of Phineas and Ferb, phenomenal show. I don't know if that's just an, a, an American delight or if people abroad have had the opportunity to experience Phineas and Ferb, but there is a character by the name of Perry the Platypus. And Perry is a semi-aquatic something mammal of action, you know? You know the song. So platypi, I think that's the... No, it is. It's platypuses. Yep. Um, they're pretty... They're pretty... Pretty cool. So platypuses are semi-aquatic mammals, and they can spend up to 12 hours a day searching for food underwater. And... Every day, they have to eat at least 25% of their body weight in order to survive, which is pretty astounding. I'm not really sure how big they are, but I know that they're, I would guess, like cat size, maybe. So that's a pretty significant amount of of food every day. And you don't really see, I mean, Perry's a super badass secret agent, but you wouldn't think of him as like a fierce predator that just needs to eat all day. But anyways, they have this perception sense called electroreception inside of their duckbill which by the way is just a single slab of leathery skin with two nostrils and a small mouth it's not like an actual duck bill that's like hinged and um, inside their bill they have these electroreceptors that can detect electrical fields generated by the muscular contractions of other animals so if I flex my arm or flex my leg that creates an, an electric field. And a platypus can detect that with its freaking mouth. That's crazy. And so um, when the platypus is underwater swimming, it swims with its eyes closed. So the electroreceptors in its bill allow it to detect the slightest movements of its prey. And it eats things like um, shrimp and worms and stuff. So if a shrimp makes a move, you know, the platypus is going to be on that. So if it senses an oncoming attack with its electroreceptors, the male platypus specifically can sting with an ankle spur that's loaded with poisonous venom. Venom, excuse me. So Perry the platypus not only has a cool tail that he can use as a whip, but he has a spur on his ankle to poison doofenshmirtz whenever he feels like, and he never even, I've never seen him use that. I think that's a pretty powerful tool that he left out. Might have been a bit too violent for the kids, I don't know. But the venom is not lethal enough to kill humans, but it could kill your dog and other small animals. So, moral of the story, platypuses are pretty freaking cool. And that's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to all their weird little anatomical things and such. So yeah, I leave it at that. And let's move on to today's topic of discussion. So, last week... A week ago today, actually, I went skiing, and it was it was loads of fun. I had a great time. I've been skiing since I was three years old. I don't even remember learning to ski. I just, like, my whole life, I've just known 
how to ski in some capacity. And recently I don't go as much as I'd like to just with, with school and the fact that it's like easily one of the most expensive recreational activities nowadays. But I got to go and it was really fun. But I was on the chairlift and I was looking down. There are parts of the chairlifts on different mountains where you're you're like within pole touch distance of the skiers below you. You're like really, really close and you can just kind of see everyone and the chairlift might stop. So you're just kind of forced to either interact with your mates on the lift or look at people and, and say, oh, that person's really good. Ooh, that person, not very good. Oh, look at that kid just fell. Things like that. And it's always fun. But this particular time while I was sitting on the lift watching, and, and especially when the hills and the slopes are really like crowded, it's a bit unnerving because there's a lot of people that you could potentially hit or be hit by. And th- there's just like a swarm of them going down. And I'm looking and I'm like, you know, why are these people doing this? Why am I doing this right now? I mean, it was it was an innocent question at first. And then it just got me thinking all these all these implications and like why we do any form of exercise, sport, game, recreational activity. Um, but I kind of I started with skiing and I had some thoughts about it just because it's so clear to me that it's like fun. Like I love it. I know people who love it just as much or more so than I do. And I hope to be able to continue skiing throughout my life. But I was thinking about why I enjoy it. And from from maybe an evolutionary or success perspective or whatever, as human beings, we don't we don't use skiing for like transportation. That's that's how skiing originated hundreds, thousands of years ago, whatever it was. I mean, it was a way to get around. You could strap some wood to your feet and get get down a mountain quicker and save some stress in your legs. But nowadays it's just it's recreational. I mean, we have snowmobiles. Nobody really needs to ski to get from point A to point B. So there's no practical use or need for it. I would argue that while it is like exercise, certainly the things doing most of the work on a ski trip are the chairlift bringing you up and gravity in the mountain taking you down. So sure, I mean, there's some strain in the legs and stuff, but I I wouldn't call it a primary form of exercise for people. Sure, there's professional skiers and that requires its own training, but your average family trip, friend trip to the slopes, you're not doing it to get fit. That might be a symptom side effect, but primarily it's something we do for fun. It's like I said before, it's so expensive, so expensive. I mean, this particular trip last week, I, we drove two hours. I didn't even know if I'd be able to get on the hill because when we get there, the tickets are sold out. I don't even know how you'd sell out lift tickets. I mean, there's, there's a full parking lot, but there's hardly anyone on the mountain that you can see. And when I finally do get a ticket, it did not get checked a single time. So I paid $65 for a lift ticket and I literally could have just walked up and got on the got on the lift, no problem. Brought my own skis. So I potentially could have done it for almost free. So it's not it's not really a primary form of exercise. It's super expensive, especially if you don't live near a mountain. You got to travel. It's really time consuming. You got to travel there, lodging if you're staying the night, getting equipment, renting if you need the equipment. Having your own equipment is expensive enough especially if you have kids, you got to like, they grow and you got to get new stuff every year. 
So it's expensive. I mean, if a family of four goes for a ski trip for a day or a weekend, hundreds of dollars easily, possibly a thousand if however much mountain food you buy. But it's fun. And it's not just any sort of like fun, like, oh, this board game or video game is really fun. It's like, it's like thrilling. Kind of the conclusion I came to is skiing is, I mean, if you're like, if you're, if you're pretty experienced skiing, you can kind of go down the mountain fast, but controlled. It's the closest thing I've experienced to flying without actually like being in the air. And I have skydived before. So I was like, after I had that original thought on the chairlift about why are these people doing this? Like the next few runs I was going down, I was thinking about it and I'm just like, I am worried about absolutely nothing right now. And it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Like if you get really good conditions, beautiful day, no people on the mountain, like that's, that's ideal. Cause you can just rip down and you're, you're, you're flying. I mean, it's so blissful and it's so like in the moment you see the trees whipping by and there's the beautiful like when you get to the top and the snow is frozen and everything it's just such an experience and i think the for me the focal point of it is that it that feeling of flight without actually flying and i think that's something that everyone like kind of naturally pursues in one way or another that that feeling of like bliss and and being one with the elements and and using like physics and forces and just kind of like having this experience and skiing allows you to do a lot of those things and oh it's just it's it's a really really profound experience and so it it got me to thinking to other sports and and activities that we do I've played soccer slash football since I was also a kid I mean skiing and skiing and soccer have been my here I'm a three-year-old mom and dad said here's some gear, do this. And so it's just, these are things I've always done. And I still get a lot of enjoyment out of them. And I don't really think it matters what the sport was. It could have been ice hockey, um, American football, lacrosse, anything. These are activities and experiences that ultimately draw you out of the difficulties of your life, right? And there have been a lot of times where I will, whether it's school stress, friendships, relationships, uh, family issues, if you have the right mindset going in, a sports match or a game or skiing or doing any sort of like recreational activity, it almost erases it for a period of time from your consciousness, from your, from your thoughts and worries and everything. You, you almost don't have the capacity to worry about the things that make life difficult when you're participating in a match or a competition or a game and there's something really really special about that and you almost can't you can't it's like an escape i mean people use drugs for the dopamine release and the escape and you have your thrill like extreme thrill seekers base jumping skydiving um bungee jumping, all these activities where, you know, you could die. And and there's a really real risk of that. Doing something that you're looking death in the eye. You can't think about your taxes that are due in a couple of weeks. Like, no way. So it, you are pulling yourself out of all of the everyday worries and difficulties and anxieties and just 
fully immersing yourself in the present moment. And I think that's part of the root of why we do these things in the first place. I mean, professional sports are a million, million, millions of dollar industry, both for the corporations and for the players that participate. I mean, we shell out so much of our income. Like when you get a dedicated sports fan, they might get season pass tickets. I mean, they dedicate a significant chunk of their time and money and, and time from family to participate and engage in sports. And like I said earlier, it doesn't provide you with anything that you need to survive and thrive. You could go through life happy, healthy, and and successfully without ever playing or watching an organized sport. Um, but people still do it, and they will continue to do it, and they've always done it. I mean, the Olympics have been around since ancient Greece, and like things are when you look at it it's like things are almost the same like we came up with this sport thousands of years ago I'm like yep this is still cool this is still entertaining it hasn't gotten boring throwing a disc is still uh, a sign of athleticism and success so it's really fascinating that people do these things and objectively gain nothing from it so that tells me that there's something intrinsic to our nature going on when we engage in these activities all right we're gonna take a quick break i am currently in post editing and given how overwhelmed i am by the sound of my own voice and the speed at which my sentences progress into things i figured a break would be nice and i also had the thought um do you ever like do something so we're on the topic of sports and activities that make you feel good and such and I've had so many moments where I'm like out and I'm doing something and I'm like this is great you know like something as simple as going on a walk today I walked my dog it's it was sunny it was like 36 degrees Fahrenheit not going to convert that um and it was great and I'm like why don't I do this more like why don't I wake up and walk my dog like every day make it a habit and I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. I'd love that. It'd be so much, life would be great. And then the next morning comes around and I'm like, yeah, I'll go downstairs, have a coffee, sit in my pajamas and just completely lose motivation for it. And that's, it's really frustrating because like, I just want to do the things that in the moment they're great, but then you just can't muster up the willpower or give it care to go and do it. And that really sucks. And I feel like a lot of people relate to that. So we're on break right now. We're about halfway through. Go do that thing that you have been putting off all day. Laundry, feed your animal, go outside, just do stretch. I don't know. Just do something real quick that's you know just off kilter, something that you should probably do but haven't been. Pause it. Don't come back. Do come back. I don't know. But just as I was recording, like I have put off editing this over and over again and like I just you just got to sit down and do it and then once you start then everything's great so take a break do what you got to do and when we come back we'll finish talking about some some game theories and you know the secret to a happy life so stay tuned so I watched a couple videos in preparation for this discussion just I knew I wanted to talk about it Um, it started with the skiing 
and then it kind of developed into just sports activities in general. So I watched a couple of videos and Vsauce, one of the most popular YouTube education philosophy channels for a decade now, um, he did a video like eight years ago on why do we play games? And one of the interesting points he made, he cited a, a, like a definition of game offered by a computer game creator and games to be a game something has to be uh have the capacity to be fun be interactive have a solid goal like an objective goal and then to have other agents in that game that are capable of either detracting or enhancing your success in the game so the distinction was like a, a track and field running race is a competition it's not quite a game because the runners aren't able to influence each other to make someone else fail but you have a game when those agents can affect your performance and the point he made was that by that definition you could easily just put life not like the board game but your life into the category of a game and I agree with that sentiment um, greatly a lot of people take life pretty seriously and that's totally valid I take life pretty seriously but you could also make an argument that you should not take life seriously at all. And, you know, there's degrees to, to both of those things. You can take life medium seriously, really, really seriously, or you can literally think nothing matters. You know, it's up to you. But one of the things about a game, a man-made game, sports, board games, whatever, there's a, there's a decisive end and there's rules that dictate when someone is winning, when someone's losing, when there's a draw, and when there's a victory. And life doesn't necessarily offer that. There, there isn't a defined rule book. You don't know where the, you don't know which players are on your team and which are against you. You don't know which decisions will put you ahead and which will put you behind. And oftentimes you won't know until years later or months later or maybe you'll never know maybe you made a decision to do something and you wanted it to pay off <clears throat> excuse me and you won't ever realize or know if it paid off or not so that's the game of life and obviously as humans we kind of run on reward-based interaction so it's like oh i studied really hard for this exam got a good grade put in work, got a reward. I spent four years in undergrad and I got a degree. Now I can use this degree and get a good job. All right, I worked really hard at my job. I'm getting a promotion and a raise. So if we didn't have this system of action reward in life, people wouldn't really have any motivation to do anything or, or change anything. So since we don't have, I mean, obviously in the context of career and education, there's reward and such, but in your life, just subjectively, or subjectively, maybe I should say, I don't really know. But there's no, here, you won, or you're winning. And so we create games and sports and activities such as them to simulate that experience. So when I put my gear on and go out on a soccer pitch or football pitch, um, I can see, based on the color of their shirts, who's on my team, and I know that no matter what, their goal is my goal, and they'll help me achieve that goal, and I know that the other team is trying to achieve the same goal as me, which means they're against me, and 
me and my team have to work together to stop the other team and they're doing the exact same thing to us. So we're all agents with similar intentions and we have a knowledge of similar rules and, and skills that we can use to achieve our goals. And aside from the very like objective painting of that, there is so much subjective interaction going on there. I mean, you have team chemistry, you have morale, you have excitement, um, determination, joy, uh, thrill, disappointment, all of these like really, really powerful motivating emotions and, and feelings going on in this 90 minute or however long match it is. And you you almost escape from every other responsibility that you have. When I am, you know, playing the defense for an organized sports match, it doesn't matter what essays I have due. It doesn't matter who I haven't responded to. It doesn't matter whether I haven't called my mom in a while. None of these things have any weight on my life in that moment. And certainly if I'm, if those outside issues are pressing enough, they could distract me from the game. But ultimately when you're, when it comes to everyday problems that we face, um, excluding big traumatic events, participating in a sport or a game or a recreational activity, it just puts you in the moment. It forces everything else out and it demands that you, your, you use your consciousness, your mind, your knowledge, and your body and bring them all together in order to achieve a goal. And if you achieve that goal, it feels phenomenal. But if you don't, everyone's experienced the, the pain of a loss or, you know, you don't get the part or you, or you lose the game or things like that. When you put, when you put your body, your mind, your consciousness and, and your passion into achieving something, there's a lot of stakes there. And if you don't achieve it, you get this, you know, pretty down feeling and it's hard to, it's hard to come out of that. So, I mean, this year we lost a match and man, people didn't even want to talk to each other. I mean, it was just like the life got sucked out of the room and like, everything's kind of awkward after that. Nobody knows if it's okay to make any jokes or anything. Cause there's a very serious air about the, the people who lost together. And if you take a step back, it's like, okay, hold on. That doesn't matter at all. Like you didn't lose, you didn't lose any money. You didn't lose any friends. You didn't like get physically hurt. And so again, you have this question of like, oh, like winning or losing a game doesn't actually matter, but it still does. And that's what is so profound about it. It's like a group of people can come together, say, yep, this is what we love to do. And this is what we want to use our skills to achieve a victory, whatever. And if you get that, oh, you're on top of the world. It's great. You're celebrating. Maybe you're drinking age appropriate and, and you have so much fun and it's like you did something, you know, you, oh, what'd you do last week? Oh, I won my game, you know? And the other person that you share that with can share in your excitement and be like, oh, you know, that's great. Cause everyone can relate to that feeling. And everyone knows that that's a feeling that we love. We love to win and victory and, and, putting things on the line and then getting rewarded for it. And when you lose, it's the complete opposite. You know, it's man, like that wasn't, I just wasted my day. You know, I had to travel all the way here for this game and then I lost and I have to travel all the way home and think about how I lost. And it's really, really powerful. Um, just how much weight we put on something that's, it's just 
it's just childlike fun. It's play. We're just playing. We're kicking a ball or throwing a ball or we're hitting a puck. Like it, it ultimately has no weight on the success and happiness of your life, but it has so much pull in that moment and in the days or weeks to follow. And that's really, really interesting to me because it's just like, I mean, it's not just sports. I mean, you can, you can extend this to anything, whether it's singing competitions, acting, theater. I mean, these, these activities that we do that, again, like I said, they demand your body, mind, knowledge, and, and attention to be focused onto one thing. And it's insane how powerful a combination that can be and how much personal validation you can achieve and how much validation from others you can achieve and I guess what I mean by that is let's say you are a new actor or a new player on a team or or a cast and you have this moment where like you do everything right like maybe there's a slip up and you take it in stride and you just like absolutely dominate and everyone is like wow like they just dominated but you dominated at something that again ultimately has no weight on the success of your life unless you're a professional actor sports player whatever but the the feeling that you can get from that and it, it can turn a horrible month into like bliss like you could be having the worst time leading up to this moment if you if you achieve that, you score the goal, or you make an amazing play, or you, or you just absolutely crush a role or a performance, like, it is amazing at how much that impacts you. And to me, the reason being is because, again, you're not focused on anything else. And you're, you're putting the stakes of, your, of you in that moment to achieve that goal and it's about being present and it's about completely living in the moment you're in and when you completely fulfill and satisfy the expectations of like a moment that you're in then there's nothing better than that there's absolutely nothing better than that I mean you can you can do well in uni you can get a a high five from your friends for something what arbitrary I don't know but my point is like these sport like when i'm skiing when i'm playing soccer when i'm when i'm right, or doing different things that just require me to be fully present it's there's it's it's not rec- repli- replicable so i guess what this has kind of turned into is an advocation for being fully present in the moment and one of the best ways to do that is through sports and, and exercise, recreational activity, um, acting, dance, singing, performance, something that uses every part of you, every aspect of you to achieve something. I mean, you you have to have your knowledge of lines or plays or, or skills and you have your muscle memory of certain actions and you have your passion for whatever you're doing and all of that is working together. And if you can if you can do that in your everyday life in mundane things it is astounding at what that can add to things that are ordinarily boring draining 
tiresome. And it's amazing at the things you notice and the things that you feel and the things that you notice that you feel when you are fully present and when you don't allow thoughts or distractions to just suppress whatever moment you're living in. Because ultimately, I guess the point I'm making, which I know I've already repeated a bunch of times, but when I'm on the pitch or when I'm on the on the mountain skiing, if I don't focus entirely on what I'm doing, I could crash or I could let up a goal or I could miss a pass or I could do things that would ruin the goals or ruin something for those around me or or harm me physically in the case of skiing really fast. So the conditions demand that I'm present, right? And if I'm not present, then I won't do as well. And that's something that anybody who's experienced or done any of the things I've talked about can understand and relate to, right? Like if you are not focused, your teammates can tell, your your superiors can tell, your coaches, whoever, the people can tell. And you're present because the conditions demand it, but in everyday life, there aren't really conditions that demand it. There's actually conditions that demand the opposite. All these distractions and things that take away from being in the present, they're, they're acting intentionally to take you out of the present moment. And what I hope that I've proved through this discussion is that being in the present moment in, in the context of physical activity, um, it, it's bliss. There's very few feelings that can, that can challenge that for, for making you feel good and improving your day. So, you know, to record, I mean, when I re- try to record these podcasts, there's thing I have to like turn my phone off because it's something that if it lights up, I'm like so conditioned to like draw and look at it and then I maybe lose my train of thought or something. So there's just all these things that are going on around us all the time where it's like, hey, advertisement, look at me, buy what I'm selling. Um, you know, phone rings, phone lights up, news notification. Oh my God, this this horrible thing just happened in this city hundreds of miles away from you. Like, oh man, feel worse about today because this horrible thing happened. You know, horrible things are happening all the time. Good things are also happening all the time. But if you allow all these things to distract you and pull you out of whatever you're doing at the moment, even if what you're doing is absolutely nothing, you can be distracted from doing nothing. And that's a whole nother conversation. But being present, using all the aspects of yourself to fully engage in a moment, and there's nothing there's nothing better than that. When I'm skiing, I feel like I'm flying. When I'm on the pitch working with a team, there's that feeling of camaraderie and chemistry that you can't replace with anything else. And it creates these bonds and these unspoken connections between people that maybe you don't know anything about or never will know anything about, but you shared a, a game with them and you shared the present moment with them and you did all these things and it, it, it makes everything better. So before I get too redundant, as usual, um, I'll leave it at that. And my question to leave you with is considering sports and, and performance and acting, whatever it is you do, whatever it is you do for fun or all these activities, think about what is it that makes you feel the most alive? It can be anything and everything. It doesn't have to be an organized sport. 
doesn't have to be skiing, whatever it is. But think about the things that you do or have done that made you feel the most alive and then think about how you can replicate that feeling and and bring it into your life more often because ultimately that's that's the way to go when it comes to improving your mood uh your relationship with the people around you and just your your relationship with life and and the enjoyment of it so what makes you feel alive thank you for listening and i hope you have a blessed day day or night enjoy it Thank you. Goodbye.